And now, go! This is the Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Thank goodness we're at the end of this hour that I'm not now going to turn to the schedule and play the win-loss game for the Jets. The Rich Eisen Show. Because it'd be 17 and 0. (laughs) Earlier on the show, from the HBO drama Barry, Emmy Award-winning actor Henry Winkler, NFL Network reporter Tom Pelissero, Basketball Hall of Famer Grant Hill. Coming up. Legendary comedian Tom Dreesen. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. My gosh, what a fun first two hours we have had on this program. Henry Winkler was here for damn near half an hour, or longer than half an hour, in hour number one. Uh, If you missed any of his uh, stellar appearance, where we went from Happy Days, Lords of Flatbush, Night Shift, all the way to Barry, um, and his love for Patrick Mahomes is uh, remarkable <laughs> and uh, and unfounded until now. Um, incredible. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Maybe one of the best celebrity true or falses we've ever had. Um, and waiting in our green room is a legendary uh, comic who has been on... Name any version of The Tonight Show. He's been on it, and we could not be more honored and thrilled to have Tom Dreesen here in studio in hour number three. That's in about 20 minutes' time. Grant Hill, last hour, telling stories about Bill Raftery and Michael Jordan, Coach K, and Dan Patrick, that famous Sports Center commercial with him at the piano. Um, and Tom Pelissero giving us an update on what's going on with the Cleveland Browns and how the Rams are fitting everyone under the sun under the salary cap. Um, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for all of that. And we're, we're uh, honestly, I'm still buzzing from Henry Winkler being here in hour one. Terrific TJ's big ass grab bag top five coolest characters Thanks. in the history of television. Uh, spoiler alert, Arthur Fonzarelli tops that list. That means a lot coming from you because sometimes you crap on the grab bag. So I well, appreciate no, no, Excuse me. I don't ever crap on the grab bag. Really? Have you watched The Last Boy Scout yet? Uh, it's got nothing to do with crapping on the grab bag. <laughs> well, you brought that up the no, other the day. Grab so. bag, no, no, no. Excuse me. I don't crap on the grab bag. The grab bag is a terrific segment. I crap on what's in the grab bag. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll give you okay. that. You know, I'm trying mean, to open you up to some things. You, you, know, do you get mad because Brockman hasn't seen your your silent movies from the fifties. Silent <laughs> movies from the fifties. They're not silent. These are post talkies. I know. I'm just joking. Oh my god. Pierce Brosnan is Remington Steel. Oh yes. There's so many. TJ, I could have done the twenty. Heart you to heart. Lot, you would have lost. Mrs. Oh. Hart. She's gorgeous. Come on. Just saying. Remington Steel. Yeah. Shout out Daniel Kramer. Okay. From our Twitter feed? From our Twitter feed. Oh, at Rich Eisen Show. We always, uh, we always love uh, suggestions. TJ yeah. likes them until they crap on his grab bag, and then he doesn't <laughs> like it. He's done. <laughs> doesn't like it. Uh, let's take some phone calls here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Conrad in North Dakota. What's going on here, sir? Been hanging on for a while. What's up, Conrad? Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for calling right. in. What's going on? Just had a two-part question for you. Okay. I'm um, not sure if you're able to answer it or not. Mm-hmm. The first one I have, I'm a Los Angeles Chargers fan, and um, I was wondering what your odds are for Justin Herbert to win MVP. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of the question is, my hot take all the time is uh, the Chiefs are going to miss the playoffs this year, and I just want to see what your take is on that. Okay, uh, let's That's take it before before we, we part ways and you go about your North Dakota day and I answer. 
Um, what do you mean odds? I'm, I'm, I'm not Danny Sheridan over here. What do you mean by the odds for Justin, <laughs> Justin Herbert? What do you, what do you, what we have do to you, direct those questions. I don't to know what you mean by odds. Conrad, I got you. Uh, Justin yeah. Herbert, Did 11, Conrad 11 to, to two to win. What, what, oh, oh is, what does that mean? That means if you <laughs> like, were to bet like, $2, I think he's going you know, to win yeah. the MVP, yeah. but. What do you think? Like, is it eighty twenty? Is it is he like first or second? Like, what do you think? Well, I mean, for for Justin Herbert to win the MVP, he's uh, the second best odds. The, the Chargers have to win the division, and I don't think they're going to win the division. I I I, think, I I mean, when was the last non-division winner to win the MVP of the NFL? I mean, that's I I I'm not asking you to look that up. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but those are the questions I ask uh, NFL Network researchers during a commercial break. Um, I, I honestly, I, I, I think the Chargers, he's going to have to go 35 touchdowns, fewer than, bigger than that, right? 40 touchdowns or something like that? You have like to that? be like 40 and 10, 5,000 yards. Less than 10. Rodgers doesn't throw those. Rodgers is set I the mean, bar. It, different, different planet, though. Rodgers okay. is playing a different game. I think, if, I think if Herbert goes 40 and 10, 5,000, and they win the division, he's probably going to win MVP. Uh, that, 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 those are the numbers. Yeah. But I think, as you know, sir, the Raiders are winning the uh American Football Conference Western Derek Division. Car, twenty to one. Thanks for the call, Conrad. Appreciate it. Conrad, uh, I'm also with Conrad. You on think Chiefs the Chiefs missing, are missing the playoffs? Missing the playoffs. <laughs> Chiefs are not missing the playoffs. How dare you? I say that about Henry Winkler's favorite quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I know. Come on, man. It's still Mahomes. They still have that offense. In, uh, they don't have that offense. They do have that offense. They don't. They don't have how that about offense. this? I'm going to go in the direction of what Brett Veach was selling and other people were selling that they needed to make a change on that offense. Anyway, that they which that they, was what I which mean, was your best player? So, um, I, I think Tyreek Hill, when the Chiefs might be down 10, 14 points, you might miss them. Their explosiveness may be a little bit different, yeah. but maybe they don't need that. Come on, man. It's still the Kansas City Chiefs. They're missing the playoffs. Missing look, the playoffs. Rich, They're finishing second in that division at the very least. Statistically, half the field misses the playoffs the following year. That ain't one of so them. So teams, who are you going to pick? Uh, I don't know. The a- AFC East. I'm not ready. Teams, I'm not prepared right? for that. I'm not prepared for that question yet. I don't know. I don't. I think Chiefs like, missing the playoffs. Fair. That's fair. Chiefs missing saying, the playoffs. I, Brockman. Uh, I'm just going on the numbers. If you're using the Buffalo Wings style of grading, that, that's medium hot right there. <laughs> medium hot. <laughs> but if you think the Raiders win the division, okay, and yeah. we think Herbert is going to have a, a, a good year and, and they two. make the playoffs, that's two. That's two. Okay, so three, three teams make the playoffs. I think three uh, three teams make the playoffs as a, a a wild card. I think two come from the West, and then it's a it's a toss up where the other one comes from. Yeah. Remember, the Broncos fan base is already mad at you yeah, for a few yeah, months. Yeah, now, I know so, it. You know, I, mean, I know it. You can leave them out. A whole new team. Too. I'm not backing down from what I've talked myself into yeah, already. Tell them, Tom Petty. I'm not doing that. I won't I back won't, down. Won't I'll back. say it with my chest, my petty <laughs> chest. Going to stand your ground. And you um, won't back down. Part of uh, our Friday fun, we already just had a big ass uh, grab bag from TJ Jefferson. It's uh, now time for an NFL version of What's More Likely. Yeah. You're in the middle of June. Hit it, please. Hit it. Hit it. What? What's more likely? Never say never, but never. We've kind of already started a little What's More Likely with that conversation about uh, we have the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. Go for it, Christopher. Well, I don't have the Chiefs in this week's okay. uh, What's More Likely. That's good. Here we go. Let's talk a little about Seattle. They've been in the news this week. We're going to DK Metcalf. How about this, guys? What's more likely to be on the field week one for the Seahawks? Yes. Week one, Seahawks on the field. You going Mayfield or Metcalf? Mayfield or Metcalf. <laughs> oh, 
great one. DK, DK or Baker? DK, DK will be on the field. That's more likely. <laughs> DK's on. Uh, you know how I feel about all these holdouts. You know how I feel about the holdouts. That eventually it's going to get done. Certainly since it's post-draft. They're not trading them. I always pounded the table for the cow. By the way, that resonated a little bit in the Metroplex, saying that that was such a Jerry Jones move to yeah. go to would would be a Jerry Jones move of the past to go get DK Metcalf right now and say after the picks, let's go. Um, I'll say DK need, Metcalf. So. I have no idea what the hell's happening with Mike, with Mayfield. None. It's now. Ju- Remember when this first started to well, happen? Draft days. Remember when it first started to go sideways? I'm like, this is going all the way to the draft, gents. <laughs> right. And then it went through the draft. It's now going all the way to the summer. And it's going to start a kid, Tom Pelissero. It could go all the way through training camp. Yeah, the end of July. I think Baker should just hit the rock up and say, hey. I, I, I'm just wondering if the front office league. lined up in the front office of the Cleveland Browns are these Cupid dolls of all the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and they're they're putting a hex on them, and they're sticking pins in them to see which one can actually get hurt so they can get Mayfield the hell off their roster finally. A little voodoo action. A little voodoo. <laughs> a voodoo. And he's better than Gino and... I get it. Just, come on. I get it. Make the move. DK, make, make uh, the move. what's more likely? DK will be there. Week one. You gave me that choice. All right. We've talked a lot about Tom Brady this week, too. Uh, so what's more likely? TB12 edition. Brady duplicates last year. Yes. 40 TDs, 5,000 yes. yards I'll say yes. again. I don't, even or, know the, I don't even know what the next one is. What's or, the next one? What's the choice? Or Bucks struggle and he misses the G-T-F-O-H. <laughs> Get out of here. Come on, man. What are we doing? To quote you, yes. he's 45 years old. That's I, I wouldn't give up Zach Wilson By for him. Way, an inaccurate quote. Like, what are you talking about? The only thing more inaccurate than we that quote. We did a whole segment yesterday about it. The only thing more inaccurate than the quote. Uh-huh. Is what? Is the voice he used. <laughs> you sound like my children. <laughs> Come on. I wouldn't give up Tom no, Brady for that total, half the league. Dude, that is a total mischaracterization of what I'm saying. I'm saying if you just remove the fact that the Jets don't have to develop a young quarterback, that they put all the draft capital into go get right, We're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. Stop it. No, no. You're the one who's going to mischaracterize it. That they put all the draft capital into go get and all the draft capital into now protect and supplement. If you remove that from the equation, of course I'll take Tom Brady this year for the Jets. Are you kidding That's me? That's all I was asking but yesterday. You cannot, you cannot remove yes, the fact of what the... No, I'm saying that if... Bringing Brady in derails what's currently there, and the plans for the long term derails it, or pushes it back, or even defrays it because you're 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 stunting the growth. Then no, you get it. You last won the Super Bowl when? Oh God! Brady throws for forty and five thousand, or the Bucks miss the playoffs. The former, not okay, the great. latter. All right. <laughs> All right. We were just talking about Tyree Kill and the Chiefs. Tyree Kill's now in the Dolphins. Spoiler alert: more. TD receptions this year, Tyreek Hill or yes. Devontae Adams? Oh, boy. Mm. I like Devontae's quarterback a little bit better. Sorry to it on, folks. Oh, boy. I think Devontae, it's 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 old school. It's back to school. Whatever school you want. <laughs> They're going, I mean, like Derek Carr like and Devontae games? Adams, baby. As, as long as Derek Carr stays healthy, I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take that. One's got a McDaniels and another's got a McDaniel, which is an interesting thing. You you know, back in the East, you leave off the last S for savings. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll take as much as I love Mike McDaniel and I love what he's going to bring to the equation. And, and I already like 
I, I, I like to uh, be salty, as you know. Yes. And I think he's probably yes. getting that from McDaniel a little bit. I think, I think McDaniel's so. yeah, going so. in there and saying, come on, bro. You're yeah. Tua. You hear what everybody's saying You're Tumbo Bailoa, man. Yeah. I love it. I like it. Still, I'll take Devontae Adams. He's the best receiver in the National Football League. And he knows the quarterback better. And Josh McDaniels is a guy who's been through this war before as an HC. And a much longer play caller in the league. So, what else? AFC East. Let's stay there. More likely to win a playoff game this year. Mac <laughs> Jones or Zach Wilson? <laughs> I'm getting. Um, I, I'll say. I'll say. I'll say Mac Jones just because. Um, again, <laughs> that's the way things have always been and gone. You know, asked and answered. Dayenu, as uh, as as we say uh, in the uh, Jewish world. Um. So, that said, I'm beginning. Uh-oh. To feel good oh. about my Jets, I'm, I, Jermaine Johnson. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got a couple more weeks to marinate on this. I'm going to do this before the summer break, if you will. Okay? The schedule, Ske- yeah. No, not the schedule. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start oh. talking about it. Because oh. it's an internal, it's an internal conversation about me and the Jets that I'm having. That's very private because <laughs> it's very sensitive. Because I've been hurt before. I've been scarred, and and I don't mean to share. My personal beliefs when it's going to make me more vulnerable. Um, but I'm beginning to feel really good about what I'm wow. hearing and feeling. And normally that's when things really get stuck right in my gut. So for the moment, I'll say Mac Jones is what's more likely. But I reserve judgment. I'm going to keep my finger on that chess piece for the next few weeks, if you don't mind. All right, that's fair. That's fair. All right, like I said, is Matt Patricia calling the place? Is Joe Judge calling the place? Who's calling the place for Mac Jones? What and I mean, mean, and I don't mean, mini, mini I don't mean, mini, no, I don't mean, mini, mini 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 what are you going to the World Series for, Earl? Effing up World Series? All right. Uh, I love that. Here we go. How about this video. one? How about this one? We've been talking a lot about both of these teams over the last couple of weeks. NFC wildcard team from last year hmm. to make the leap and win the division. More likely, 49ers or Eagles? Great question, Chris. Oof. I'll go Eagles. I'll go Eagles. He's too busy looking at the front front car damage. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. I knew as soon as the question front came out. <laughs> I knew what he the answer was going to be. He's too busy so lost in whatever he's looking at over there. Eagles, I'll go Eagles. I'll go Eagles. I already knew. As he soon as you opened your mouth, about. I knew. Hey, man, this is Trey Lance's first one. talking so much about Trey Lance. I've been saying it, man. You keep on mischaracterizing what I'm saying. I'm saying it's Trey Lance's team, and it's time for the Niners to believe in him and go through the ups and downs. That's what I'm saying. Down here. Excuse me. I have said it's time to start Lance, that it's his team, and they're already turning that page in this whole thing. He may not be ready. That's what you have to deal with when you trade all that draft capital, and you got to get to it sooner because getting to it sooner means less of it later. That's what I have been saying about Trey Lance. Oh, I thought you said Jalen Hurts oh, made the playoffs last year. Excuse me. As I say to my children, excuse me. Hurts made the playoffs last year. They got him a big-time beast of a wide receiver. The did. running game was stupendous last year. They, they got two dogs, figurative and literal, in Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean, who's going to be healthy, I feel. And, uh, knock on wood for them. Eagles have vastly improved from last year. They made the playoffs. I will choose that team as what's more likely. 
Thank you. That's how we play the game. Right. All right and, well, if Jalen, and if Jalen Hurts makes the playoffs and proves me right, there's a terrific chicken ricotta <laughs> dish with a great reduction <laughs> that Henry Winkler and his wife makes that will be available to him. All right, last one. Once uh, Mahomes is done with it and he gets the leftover. Last one. Uh, these two teams were at the top of the draft. They each won three games last year. More likely to double their win total from last year, Lions or Jaguars? Oh, great question, Chris. Oh, I'll go Jaguars. Jaguars. I'll go Jaguars. I, and I love Dan Campbell and what he's buying and selling and whatever. But as you know, the greatest addition in the National Football League by subtraction has been conducted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have no earthly idea what Peterson, Peterson can do Peterson. because of how great he is and how terrific he is. And Philadelphia fans can complain all you want about the way it ended. But he won the Super Bowl there, man. He did what he had to do. And he's he's Doug he he is he he is addition by addition, and then that's Doug Peterson, and he's also not Urban Meyer too. <laughs> he's not staying back. Huh? He's two people. He's, he's Doug Peterson, himself. and he's not Urban Meyer. And not someone else's. <laughs> Those are two very important additions, and one by subtraction for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That alone. I would say I would say the Lions if Urban Meyer was the coach of the Lions last year. That 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 Dan Campbell right, comes in. He's Dan, Dan Campbell, Campbell and he's also not Urban Meyer. That's a very that's the big the big differential. Being not Urban Meyer is really Oh important. my goodness. Really really <laughs> important. I mean, but me being, right there? Me being, being not Urban Meyer. Me being wrong about this is absolutely possible and could also be uh, determined by the Jaguars' decision to not draft Aiden Hutchinson. True. We'll see how it goes with Javon Walker. Correct? Good point. Correct. I Correct. mean, what a huge decision that was. They also kind of got a second first-round pick back with Travis Etienne returning this year after. Yeah, that's a, also true. Right. So it could be helpful for the Jaguars that Doug Peterson is not Urban Meyer. Yes. And unhelpful that Walker is not Aiden Hutchinson. Correct. Get it? I got it. Good. We're done. Well done. <laughs> Terrific Friday segments from you two guys. We're just trying to thought provoking, food for thought, excellent ex- execution, stick in the landing. I also might just be still walking on air from Henry Winkler's first hour <laughs> appearance. And now here comes a legend in the talk show panelist, uh, panel interview business and comedian. Uh, can't wait to chat. Go down memory lane with Tom Dreesen next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O, O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. We are back on our terrestrial radio outfit. Tom Dreesen, still standing my journey from streets and saloons to the stage and Sinatra, where all books can be acquired. The forward by David Letterman just told a great story about it. It's on Letterman. Amazon, by the way. You can have it to your house in two days. It's, it's got, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to brag, but oh, it's got ahead. over 400 five-star reviews now. Because it's a story of triumph. I, I grew up on the streets. and uh, I had eight brothers and sisters. I grew up on the south side of Chicago, a suburb called Harvey. Mm-hmm. And I shined shoes in taverns. I set pins in bowling alleys. I caddied in the summertime. I sold newspapers on the corner. Mm-hmm. All to help feed my brothers and sisters. So it's a story of triumph. Still standing. I've been a comedian for 52 years. 52 years. So I'm still doing stand-up. But also, I've been knocked down a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I kept getting back up again. And, and so that's the why... I'm so happy that the book is doing so well. Still standing and then obviously standing at a microphone on a stage. I love the title. I love it. Fantastic. What, what was the first gig you had uh, stand up? Tom Tim Reed and I were America's first black and white comedy Tim team. Reed, the, yeah. the Venus flytrap that TJ just yeah. mentioned in his big ass grab bag. He never thought he'd be in show business and I never thought I'd be in show business. You know, we were in the JCs. I wrote a drug education program teaching elementary school mm-hmm. children the ills of drug abuse with humor, a concept I had. Sure. And Tim, Tim, was, Tim and I worked on the project together. One day, a little eighth grade girl walked out of the classroom because we, we played off of one another and everything. He, she said, you guys are funny. You ought to become a comedy team. Mm-hmm. And the thought of a black-white comedy team intrigued us because no one had ever done it before. Right. So we became America's first black-and-white comedy team when there were no comedy clubs. We worked all what they call the Chitlin Circuit, black-owned, black-operated nightclubs in the north and the south. Mm-hmm. And we worked all white nightclubs, too. So we eventually worked the Playboy Circuit. But, you know, we, everywhere there was racial tension. Now, keep in mind the backdrop. This is 1969. Mm-hmm. The Vietnam War was raging. Students were protesting all over America. There were riots all over America in all the major cities, race riots. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of all this, we were going out trying to make America laugh. We did 11 prisons in one year. We did the county jail three times. Prisons? In one year. Anywhere there was racial tension, colleges or high schools, we would go, not preach mm. but just to make people laugh then he became venus flytrap on wkr after six years the team split up right and we went out he wanted to be more of an actor you sure know? and all all that's in the book in fact there's talk now of netflix maybe doing a mini series on our life about what it was like having somebody play tim and i sure what it was like touring the nation during all that turmoil you know oh, that'd uh, be amazing yeah. i'd be all in on something like yeah. that it, tom, it's a real interesting time tom dreesen here on the rich eisen show let's get to the sinatra part of it uh. <laughs> What, when did you meet Sinatra? How'd you get to After I, I had done so many Tonight Shows, I was touring around the country. I toured with Sammy Davis for three years. Yes. I toured with Smokey Robbins, Natalie Cole, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Tony Orlando and Donna. I toured with Frankie Avalon, James Darren, everybody. I was going all over, opening for singers. Yeah. And Smokey and I were working at Caesars in Lake Tahoe, and Frank was appearing next door. 
at Harris, mm-hmm. and I had worked there many times. I finished my show one night, and I ran over to Harris Hotel yeah. to catch Frank because I love watch. I'd seen him perform. When he walked out on stage, he created more excitement walking to the microphone than most people did with their whole act. <laughs> the energy in that room was just... So I, I didn't want to miss that opening. I'm running into the showroom, and the vice president of Harris Hotel was talking to a big heavyset guy with a cigar. And he said to me, Tommy, come here, come here. And I reluctantly went over because I didn't want to miss the opening. Mm -hmm. He said, Tommy, this is Mickey Rudin, which I recognize the name. That was Frank's lawyer, very powerful guy in our business. He said, Mickey, this is Tom Dreesen, and I think Tom would make a great opening act for Frank Sinatra. And the lawyer got a pained expression on his face like he'd (laughs) heard that a million times. And he winked at the vice president, but I caught the wink. Mm -hmm. He said to me, hey, kid, if I gave you a week with Frank, would you want more than uh, 50000 I said, Mr. Rudin, put it this way. If you gave me a week with Frank, would you want more than 50000 He said, oh, I like this kid. <laughs> and he gave me the job for one week. Mm-hmm. I was going to open in Atlantic City, and I thought, well, I'll, you know, I'll try to get my picture taken with him, hang it in every bar back in Chicago. <laughs> you know? And, and uh, I, the second night with him, I, I can remember like it was yesterday, he was, we were having dinner. He, took, he and his wife, Barbara, took me out to dinner, and he set his knife and his fork down. He said to me, I like your material, and I like your style. I'd like you to do a few other dates with me. If you're interested, and I didn't say, let me check my calendar. I said, yeah, it turned into 14 years, 45, 50 cities a year. Oh, my God. A friendship that uh, he was the boss of the tour. Then later he became a buddy. We hung out until the wee hours of the morning. And then in the end, he was like a father to me. I was a pallbearer at his funeral, and I I spoke at his funeral as well. And I I miss him every day of my life. What a treasure, Tom. I mean, what what an absolute But The first time, though, when you met him, though, like physically walked in the room, and we're introduced to him. I mean, were you nervous? Were you just, what, what was that? No, you know, I, because I, I, you know, I tell you, it, I, when I was a little boy, Shining Shoes, and it's, that's all that's in the book, Shining Shoes and all the bars in my neighborhood to help feed my brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. he was on the jukebox. You know, of and, course. Right. And it, it was like a, a dream come true that, you know, you know hearing him on, on well, and uh, it's a long story, but I do a one-man show about that. It's called The Man Who Made Sinatra Laugh. Mm-hmm. I take them on it. This little boy hearing Frank Sinatra on the jukebox in the south side of Chicago to one day carrying his coffin out of a church in Beverly Hills, California. So when I first met him, I, I also picked up on something about him, maybe being an ex-bartender and everything. He didn't want another fan. He didn't like people fawning over him. You know. And I was a fan like anybody else, but I never let him see that. He never knew how much in awe of him I was in all the years that I knew him. You know. Uh, but, you know, because when you got alone with Frank, when we ride around in the desert till the sun came up when I stayed down at his compound down in Rancho Mirage. When I got in the car alone with him at night, I was a kid from the south side of Chicago and he was a kid from Hoboken. And that's what we talked about, the neighborhood and growing up and all that stuff. Life stuff. Yeah. Driving yeah. around with him till, yeah. the, till oh, the sun he, came he, up? He or? never went to bed till the sun came up ever, whether we were on the road or off the road. What do you mean? He was nocturnal. He, when the sun came up, he went to bed. And he wanted you to hang with him too, you know, which was fun for about 10 years. But, <laughs> Because uh, you can't tell Frank, I got to go to sleep, right? Yeah, I know, but I got to play golf in the morning too. You know, uh, you did you know, play golf with him? Uh, he, he he was not a good golfer, and anything he couldn't be excellent at, he didn't want to do. You know, but uh, but if Frank got a tough lie in the rough, and it, the ball ended up in the fairway, I didn't see it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. Tom Dreesen here on the Rich Eisen Show. And so you first wound up uh, on Carson's show through your, your gig, like they found you in a club. At and the comedy some- store. You know, in 1975, wherever you went in America, people say, what do you do for a living? So I'm a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. The next question out of their mouth was, oh, yeah? Have you ever been on Johnny Carson? And if you hadn't been on Johnny Carson in the eyes of America, you just weren't a comedian. Right. You might want to be or going to be. 
But that show launched so many comedians because he, for some reason, his show, one appearance on his show, Freddie Prince got a sitcom the next day. Yeah, I did Chico one appearance. and the Man. Did you go to man? Yeah, sure. I did one appearance on the show. I was in the unemployment line with a wife and three kids. I was on my rear end. And, and I did one appearance on the show. The following day, CBS signed me to a development deal. I got a, a, a big check and a check every month. I, I, my whole life changed. I, I was touring all of America. I was doing Dinosaur, Merv Griffin, Mike Douglas, Johnny Carson, Midnight Special, Rock Concert, Soul Train. I'm the only white comedian ever to do Soul Train because mm-hmm. I had an album out in front of an all-black audience. Call that white boy is crazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they used to come when I played football and played basketball. I played basketball on an all black basketball team. Mm-hmm. I was the only white kid on the team. They nicknamed me Spot. That's it shows you. <laughs> that Are you my, serious? That was my nickname, Spot. But, but they never called me. You know, Richard Pryor wanted me to call that album that Honky's Crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, no, because no, no black guy ever, in my neighborhood never ever called me Honky. They called me White Boy. Mm-hmm. And to this day, if I go back there and they're arguing about a game, mm-hmm. they say, I scored two touchdowns. White Boy was there. White Boy, come here. Tell him, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I used to say I was 12 years old when I found out my name wasn't White Boy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> who was at the comedy store in 75? Well, I was on well, stage every night. You're walking in the comedy store 75. Who's there? What do you well, got? in 1975, first of all, you had to audition, and the pressure was enormous. If Mitzi Shore didn't like you, it was back See to Harvey, later. Illinois. See it you was later. back to the South Side. Yeah. But so the pressure was enormous. So you finally got on and had to do five minutes in front of her. And then I became a regular. Um, I, I was working every night with all these unknown p- comedians David Letterman, Jay Leno, Robin Williams, Gallagher, Michael Keaton, um, the girl, Elaine Boozler, <clears throat> the girl waiting tables was Deborah Winger. And I don't know whatever happened to all of them, but I'm on the Rich Eisen show. Atta boy. Atta boy, Tom Dreesen. Atta boy. Billy Crystal was there, too, right? I yeah, imagine. Billy, Billy worked out there. Yeah, Billy and I auditioned for The Tonight Show the same night. Really? Yeah, yeah. He got it, and I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> whatever happened to Billy? What's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> God bless him. He's got a great I don't career. know. It's, go Google Billy Crystal. See what he's up to uh, these days. Oh, my word. Um, well, the uh, uh, George Carlin documentary that's out right now on yeah. HBO. You got a good George Carlin? Uh, I, I know. I, I knew or? George. You know, like like everybody. I knew George. And the it, it thing was, George was a former altar boy, and so was I. You know, but you know, so I used to do a lot of routines about going to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. But I'd see George, and <laughs> we'd be on an airplane or something. He'd be hollering, "Hey, Tommy!" And he said, "Doing the mass in Latin." Mm-hmm. A damn qualificat. I'd say, "You've been to the man." We said, "Doing the mass in Latin" mm-hmm. because we're both former altar boys. He was one of the most prolific comedians I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he, he, he just constantly was coming up with material. You know, he, he was, uh, uh, you know, and, and later in life, mm-hmm. you know, he went from this being this um, generic comedian to being this, this you know. Social like, consciousness. Yeah, and, yeah right? and, and almost Lenny Bruce-like. Yes, you know, um, sure. Uh, so he, without, he, without being jailed for it, you know, I it, mean. Yeah. Did, did you ever have any, was Lenny Bruce before your time, Tom? Oh, way or? before my time, okay, yeah. Way Lenny before was your before time. my time. But again, the, in those days, even now, the politically correct police are trying to destroy stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, who are they? We don't know who they are. Th- is there an organization I can go debate them on whether I'm right or wrong? I mean, these are people who sit in the basement of, of their mother and father, and they're 42 years old, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they think, I think I'll tell him he can't say that. You know, I always say, go, tape, go tell Dave Chappelle, he's my hero. You know, tell him what he can say and he'll tell you you can stick it where the sun doesn't shine. Because when you the first we have the First Amendment in this country, Mm -hmm. thousands of men and women died so that we have the right to say whatever we want. That separates us from all the other nations in the world. 
They died so we have that right. Now, you, can, you don't have to listen to us. And we can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Of course. You don't have to listen to us. You can turn us off. You can walk out the door. You can ask for your money back. But you can't tell us what we can say in this country. Or hit you. Or, 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 or come hit, up and or, slap or, you. You know what I mean? I mean, I was at that Chappelle show in uh, the Hollywood Bowl recently. It was a brilliant night. I mean, Chris Rock yeah. was there, too. It was subsequent to the Oscars. Um, and my wife and I had just left when somebody jumped on the stage. Is that right? And Chappelle was brilliant. Yeah. Chappelle was beyond brilliant. What well, an incredible night. You know, when they can tell you what you can say, watch right. out. Because their next step is to tell you what you must think. When they tell you what you must say, then they're going to tell you what you must think. And then we become a communist country. And the stand-up comedians are the last bastion of freedom of speech in this country. You know, um, I, I, you know I, I, if I get into this, I would get very angry about no, it. No, I hear you. It, it annoys me. Who are they? We know who the Democrats are, the Republicans. We know the Independents are. We know the Moose, the Kwanis, the Elks. We know who the Ku Klux Klan is, but we don't know who you are. And we keep apologizing to you, and we don't know who you are. Tom, Tom Dreesen here on the Rich Eisen Show. You mentioned um, Richard Pryor before, too. Uh, I, you got a good story about him when you met him, anything about being with him. Yeah, uh, I, I could tell you a story. I don't know if we have time. But it was the most moving thing that I've ever seen in stand-up comedy. Oh, my gosh, we have time for and, that, and, Tom and what, what I saw him do, I, that's why I do a one-man show now. I saw him do something years ago at the comedy store. It was when there was a centennial, and he was talking about the, the bicentennial. Mm-hmm. And he was having people, and I was in the back of the comedy show, and he had people were roaring. We were up here laughing. And then all of a sudden, he went into a character of an old man mm-hmm. that lived in that era. And, he's, and he started talking about um, uh, happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, you know. And he started talking to this old man about all the atrocities this old man went through. And he started talking about his mother. And all of a sudden, you could hear people breathing in the audience, you know. It was, it, it, he was getting very serious in his own man. And now he started talking about that his mother and his mom. He said, my mammy, you called her mammy. He said, she worked in the kitchen for the white folks. And uh, she was very important mm-hmm. for the white folks. And he said, sometimes they used my mother's breast because the white woman couldn't have enough milk in her breast. And, and yes, my mother saved those lives. And she worked in the kitchen 16 hours a day. Now people are now gasping. This is in the comedy store. This is in the comedy store. 1976. He said, people are gasping. And I'm watching him. He said, he said, and he said, and she worked in the kitchen 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And she never had time for me. And I'll never forgive you for that. And I'm gasping. And then he went, Oh, I had you there, didn't I? And then he started doing stand-up, and he was killing them. But I wasn't laughing. I went, this guy took that audience from here, laughter, and took them down here, and then brought them back up again. Whoa, I don't know a comedian that could do that. You know, and and that's why in my one-man show, I try to, I take him to Sinatra's funeral and have him in tears, but then I turn around and do a closing monologue. But it was because he inspired me. Well, because again, I, and I guess this is a, a theme in what we're talking about here, Tom, is that, you know, stand-up comedy is to make people laugh, but it's also to hold up a mirror in a way that can make you uncomfortable from time to time. And and um, and then leave them laughing if you can, going out the door. Always leave them laughing. Many, but, you know, the cliche, many a truth was said in jest, is stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, the stand-up, you remember the story of the, the, the uh, emperor in his clothing? That they were making this fine clothing for the emperor, yeah. and only if, if you were a fool, you couldn't see it. 
Well, the emperor isn't going to admit that he doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. So they're saying how, and it was a scam. So now he's going to show the kingdom and all of his people in the palace. Oh, mm-hmm. your highness, you look lovely. They didn't see it either. Now he's walking through the kingdom, showing all the kingdom and everybody's saying, oh, it's lovely. And the little boy says, he doesn't have any clothes on. Mm-hmm. And one of the adults said, you hear what that boy said? He said, he doesn't have any clothes on. And finally, the adult said, you know something? I don't see any either. The child, that's who the comedian is. The child, the comedian comes out like Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. with almost childlike innocence, but tells you the truth that you as an adult really don't want to face. Mm-hmm. Except that child's a chain smoker. He must have gone through three packs that night yeah. when he was on the stage. <laughs> Chappelle, he was. And by the way, there were times where you could hear a pin drop in the Hollywood Bowl that night. He really? was, he, he, uh, I'm, I'm with He's you, a master. Tom. He's a master. I, I am with you, Tom Dreesen. Um, man, this was, this was great. But Bef- before you go, you got a good sports story, a Chicago sports story. You got anything for me? Uh, what, 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 you know, I, I was bat boy for the Cubs for four years. Jim Fry let me be bat boy. And, 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 uh, <laughs> so you do have a Chicago story. Well, okay. Well, there that, you but, go. But I tell you a quicker story. You were talking sure. about football earlier. Uh-huh. Mike Ditka used to let me come and stand on the sidelines, you know, and uh, and J- J- Jimmy Mack and all the guys, Jimmy McMahon, all the Bears, Tom Thayer, Tim Reitman, mm-hmm. uh, Walter Payton, they'd come and run. I used to run 26 miles every year for multiple sclerosis mm-hmm. for my sister. She had MS, so we called it 26 miles for Darlene. And they would come and run part of the way with no me. No kidding. Yeah, Smokey Robinson's the only one who ran all 26 miles with me. But Ditka let me stand on the sidelines. And, I, and Mike would get so mad at McMahon because he'd call audibles. Mike would send in a play, and, and McMahon would audible. He would audible. Because Jimmy McMahon could really read a defense almost as good as anybody out there. And yeah. he used to say, it's not rocket scientists. He'd say they, they see the play, so he'd audible. Now, I'd be on the sidelines, and, and Ditka would say, Jimmy, Jimmy, you, t- Jimmy the play. Jimmy the play. Jimmy, don't you audible me. Jimmy, don't you audible. Jimmy, de- good pass, Jimmy, good pass. That was good pass. <laughs> I appreciate you cleaning it up, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was a little bit more yeah, X rated than than uh, Jimmy the play. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so you saw that going down, huh? Uh, so it's uh, 85 Bears. You were yeah, on the sideline. I was at the Super Bowl with them, hung out with them all week long. I never saw a more confident team. They knew they were going to win that. There wasn't uh, any doubt that they weren't going to win that game. The reason why Chicago loves Jim McMahon, Mike Ditka, Harry Carey, what you see is what you get. They weren't. Somebody on on microphone and then somebody different in in person. What you see is what you get. Harry Curry was the same guy you saw in the air. Was the same guy you in a million way. percent. When I was at Northwestern Graduate School, I know that Richard Seth. That's right. You saw that in. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> you saw that inside the green room. Yes, Richard Seth Eisen. Uh, that's my uh, on my on my uh, diploma from yes. Northwestern. When I was there. Um, I was going through the program and trying to cover every sporting event that was happening at the time in the quarter that I was in in Chicago. And that that quarter was when Jordan retired for the first time. Mm -hmm. And also, if I'm not mistaken, Tom Treblehorn was being named the new manager of the Cubs. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And the press conference was being held at 11 a.m. at Wrigley Field. 11 in the morning, Wrigley Field. I showed up because I was an enterprising young uh, Northwestern student uh, early. How to be about 10.30, quarter after 10. One person in the room, it was kind of like a bar area in, in Wrigley Field where they were holding the press conference. One person was there was Harry Carey. And he already had a Bloody Mary in his hand. And, he, and, and there was no question it wasn't a Virgin Mary in his hand, Tom Dreesen. And that was the guy who I saw on television same guy and who i thought i knew same 
guy. I, I, I don't even remember what the hell I said to him, but we had like a conversation for two minutes. I wish I had a better memory of the, of uh. the back and forth. But that I, I couldn't, like, I was stopped in my tracks. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Harry Carey. And, oh, my God, that's a Bloody Mary. That has to be completely on brand for this match. I, I, I took him and Frank out. I got fixed him up with Frank, the hangout whenever we were in Chicago. Sinatra is the Frank. Frank, Frank Sinatra, uh-huh. yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and they hung out to see who could out drink who. At 4.30 in the morning, Harry said, you got me, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> At 4.30 in the morning, he said, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Tom Dreesen, uh, what a pleasure. Thank you for, you know, um, coming on this program. You know, we go to the same uh, golf club. You, you you stepped on stage at a charity event. You're like, what did you say? What was the line you said when you got up on the stage? That When when I introduced you saying I was a big fan of yours. And well, you said, you, they, somebody said to you, would, would you introduce Tom and get Tom to do a yeah. few jokes? And I didn't know I was going to get up. That's but, right. But uh, Steve DeMarco, our yes, friend, of course, he yes. said, introduce Tom. And Rich got up and he said, so nice. He says, oh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I am. And, and so forth and so on. So I got up on stage. I said, if I'm such a big fan of Rich Eisen, how come I was never on his show? <laughs> and he hollered in the back, you're on now. That's you what know. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> and here you are. And hope first of many times. Let's have you back, Tom. Anytime, oh, I love brother. It. It's a lot of fun. Anytime. Certainly we'll talk sports and so much more. Still standing. Uh, again, is a book on Amazon. And uh, go get it right now. So it's my journey from streets and saloons to the stage and Sinatra, Tom Treason, here on The Rich Eisen Show. We're back to wrap up this show and take you to the weekend in a moment. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Henry Winkler in Hour One and the comedian Tom Dreesen. How about that Letterman story? Hollywood history. That, that he and Letterman got together and Letterman <laughs> told him the way that they've met. Just not a, <laughs> it's, the story's story. not good enough. Let's, let's spice it up. You know, I stole material from you. You beat me up in a parking lot. Let's tell that story from now on. I think that's tremendous. Fantastic. Fantastic. 
uh, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. Let's uh, finish up how we started. Uh, David in Oceanside, Florida, wants to talk about the Live Golf Tour. What's up, David? Hey, Rich. How you doing? What's going on? How are you guys? We're good. Hey, uh, there's a missing story here that no one's talking about, about the PGA versus Live. These young guys and some middle guys like Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Hoffman, and Fina, they're all playing on the PGA Tour, and it's uh, everybody's missing out that these guys are loving it, that these pros, that big shots are all leaving to go to live. And these guys have a shot now to winning on the tournament, you know, on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about that. It's like, it's like going to a nightclub, right, and walking in, and all the NFL and basketball players are hitting on all the hot chicks. Well, all of a sudden, they got to leave. Now you got now a shot. Go time for us. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Story of my life. The ratio is better now. The race. The ratio is better now. Is what you're saying. Nice to see you for the last couple of days in a row. You know, you didn't take a couple of days off. If you know what I mean. So thank you. Appreciate but, it. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the my, call. That's my point. A lot of people aren't talking about that. These young guys, like Justin Thomas, he's such a great golfer, and he can compete alone with these pros. Now these guys are all leaving. And he's sitting there going, thank you. It's like open, open door policy for him. Well, I mean, here's the deal, and thanks for the call, David. Um, you know, the bottom line is we'll, we'll see how the live tour, how it, how it, how it lives, if you will. This is now the, the first burst of, of let's, we're curious what it looks like. We're curious how, it, how we feel about it. Let's see what happens when it's tournament four, five. What happens then? You know, people are going to have to seek it out. You're going to have to find it. It's not like it's going to be right there on your guide, uh, wherever you you take in your sports. We'll see what it, we'll see what it looks like, and it certainly doesn't help. You want you want to like it, and you want to like the people behind it. It certainly doesn't help to have Greg Norman staring down a reporter who uh, who's being um, physically, in his mind, accosted to to leave a press conference, and uh, and then deny it when the 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 guy tells him about it. Like, that's some tough guy right there. That's a tough guy, tough shark right there. So, the Las Vegas Raiders have given Hunter Renfro uh, a new deal. You know, uh, you know and it's when, when you hear the money that Christian Kirk and Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams' teammate, and you hear the money that Cup just made, you're, you see the money, it's like, whatever. You know, it's not that much. Or he's not he's not at the top tier, but he's he's a pretty top tier receiver when it's time to move the chains. And Waller and Adams. And yeah, I'm going to keep on ringing this bell until the Raiders either unring it or make me look real smart for saying that they're going to win the AFC West. Devontae Adams uh, appeared before podium uh, yesterday. Uh, first time he has spoken at since his big press conference to announce his signing in um, in Las Vegas. And this is what he had to say about leaving Green Bay and having a conversation with Aaron Rodgers, who, based on reports, uh, was taken aback that Adams actually left after he signed to stay and finish his career in Green Bay. We've talked multiple times and, you know, we talked throughout the whole process, too. And he was he was aware of, uh, you know, where I stood and I was aware of where he stood. And we we had talks just like what he said um, the other day. He mentioned we had talks about his future and what he what he thinks his his duration in Green Bay or just football in general would look like. And, you know, that played into into my decision as well, because, you know, where I'm in my career, um, 
you know, and this isn't a shot at anybody. Any other quarterbacks are, you know, on the, in Green Bay. You know, I love Jordan Love, especially. He's a, he's a great guy. But, you know, I just I got I got aspirations of doing really, really big things and, and being remembered. And I just, you know, it just it wasn't really a point in my career that I was willing to, to sacrifice, um, you know, Aaron not being there, you know, after a year or two. So um, my decision was to be here, and, and he respected that. He understood that, you know, it has a lot to do with where I want to raise my, my kids, you know, family being closer to home. I mentioned that to you guys when I first came up here. You know, I hadn't my, my grandparents never seen me play in eight years. So to be able to have my family closer and, you know, the, the suites are a lot more expensive here. But now I can have all the pack the suite out with the family. But, yeah, we've had a lot of good talks, man. He, he understands where, I, where I'm coming from. I understood where he was coming from. So we kind of just left it at that. Yeah, he will be at Aaron Rodgers' Hall of Fame speech. And guess what? He has visions of Aaron being at his, too. I love it. He's got big ideas. He's got big plans. He wants to be remembered. God, I love Devontae Adams and him being in Las Vegas and him hooking up with a guy who he's known for a long time and wanted to play with and Derek Carr. I am loving this for him and I'm loving it for Carr and I love it for the Raiders. Here's how you get remembered, Devontae Adams. You rack up the numbers over the next few years. You win a Super Bowl for the Raiders in Las Vegas, and most importantly in the short term, you make Rich Eisen look smart. That's how you get remembered. <laughs> Certainly in this chair, you bet I made it about me, Chris, and I am not embarrassed or ashamed at all. Yep. What is the name of this show? There is an autumn wind, and its name is Rich Eisen, <laughs> putting all his eggs in the silver and black basket for 2022. We'll chat Monday.